Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Hey everyone, um, yeah, thanks for, for joining a Tuesday tune-in. Um, we're back this week, um, huge apologies for last week. So inconvenient, Dave, you had some sort of operation, right? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. They were trying to find a brain, and um, uh, as as a as of yet, no luck, unfortunately. Um, well, you know, I think that you keep trying. There's definitely something there. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely. I, I think so, anyway. But uh, still, still not confirmed. Yeah, but, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And I was I was off on on some jolly. Um, so yeah, thanks for. I hope you enjoyed your your, your afternoon off, guys. Um, but yeah, we're back with a bang today because um, yeah, we're, we're we're both at home. Um, I'm working from home, and Dave is. Uh, Dave, you're working from home too. Yeah. So yes, we're in there. We've been so used to being in the Evertrek office. I know. Well, I'm going back as soon as I can. As soon as I can. Well, like, yeah. I mean, I could now, but you know, I'm milking it now. This last couple of few days, yeah. and then I'll go back in. <laughs> it's all right, mate. You relax after your office. All good. Yeah. Um, but no, like, it's great to be back, and you know, um, we hope everyone's doing well. I know it's still a, a challenging time right now, but um, yeah, today we wanted to kind of bring it back a little bit because over the last it's been a while actually probably since last year uh, I'm, I'm way before that but really when it started to really gather pace was um uh, was april and may last year when we when we decided to declare a climate emergency which was something that was really close to um to my heart and i know dave's as well around um you know the countries we operate in uh, and our own of course um and that's doing doing our thing and, and making sure that we're, we're all accountable when it comes to sustainability and the environment. So, yeah, um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that because we released our climate action plan uh, about seven or eight weeks ago uh, in a little bit more depth. And as always, guys, you know, questions, um, you know, I know we, you've had a week off now, so we're hoping we get a bunch of questions. We had a couple th- come through already. Yeah. So do post those questions and that's what we're here for. Uh, if it's around sustainability, if it's around uh, Mendel Bhutan's, Gonna say that if you're playing bingo today, Dave, make sure you take that. Yeah, on your bingo yeah, sheet, yeah. I, I saw that. I think it was um, uh, was it Leah who did the did all of the uh, yeah. Those were brilliant. Bingo those were brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, one day we'll have to find a capacity to do like this live. You know, we'll get like a little room somewhere, get everyone in there, and I think a game of Evertrack bingo has to be one um, and played. You know. <laughs> That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Well, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll do that. I think, yeah, let's let's, let's do it. Let's work out a way. Let's yeah. find out a way, even if it's at one of a, a future event or something like that. It'd be be awesome, wouldn't it? Um, but right, yeah. Uh, to answer a couple of questions, in Mankey. Well, this is not technically Mankey, um, although it probably looks like one. But yeah, this is the drunken yak. This is little little sort of hangout area on the side of my house, which was a bit of a lockdown project. And yeah, I've I've um I, I work in here as well. So when I work from home, I, I work in here. And yeah, this is actually the first live actually I've done in the drunken yak. So um, yeah, you don't get many drunken yaks on the trail in Nepal, although they may look like they're drunk because they're always grumpy and shifting from side to side, and they mm. might try and whack you. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit more chilled in here. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of um, sports and lots of different things. So I got lots of, uh, lots and, of beer. Things so, and beer. And beer. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do like to keep hydrated, um, as you can tell. Um, and I got a few few Everest things in here as well. I, maybe I'll give you the tour one day. But 
um, yeah, I've got uh, a little mould of Mount Everest over there, which sits on the wall. The beer kegs, <laughs> they're hiding. Uh, they're hiding today. This is full-on professional mode now, Ramona. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Dave. Okay, mate. Where should we start then? So about 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 what we're doing for the environment, especially with the climate action plan. Where should we? Yeah, should I think it's something. It's it was something that I think that was born into the the DNA of Evertrek when Evertrek yeah. was founded, because you know you founded Evertrek to sort of initially. It was after a visit to Nepal soon after the earthquake and you wanted to help the country. And yeah. so that singular sort of idea, help the country, was um, was always there, you know, and there's it's broadened, you know, initially it was just we want to send trekkers there to experience Nepal and boost tourism. Yeah. But you can't do that without coming into contact with all the other different things that need fixing as well along the way. And one of the things that we realized was, well, I think it started out with just some of the removing the waste from the kumbu, you know, removing yeah. the plastics, being at the forefront of the banning of single-use plastics, those types of things. And then obviously it widens again, you know, and every time you meet a goal, you know, you realize that you've scratched the surface and there's more underneath. Yeah. And, and that even broadened to, well, you know, international travel is crucial. Long-haul flights are crucial, you know, for us. Yeah. You know, um, although the last two years has the environment it actually it's probably had a positive effect on the environment really such less flights but anyway but um yeah. one of our things was you know how do we do that so we send a huge amount of customers every year on long-haul yeah. flights to far-flung destinations is there a way both thinking about the flight itself and the destination itself that we can you know uh, mitigate that and yeah. you know try and do something positive off the back of that the difficult thing, which, you know, the reason why it's so difficult, the reason why no, not every company in the world is doing this is because to be green, it costs, it costs the green, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. someone's asking about the mug. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, Say, yeah, and don't quit. <laughs> yeah. Got to remind yeah. myself every day. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got anything to drink actually. So I'm going to be. I'm going to be like a desert jellyfish at the end of this. But um, <laughs> sorry, mate, I, I disrupted you in your flow then. No, no, that's all I was saying was um, yeah, it's one of those things when you know people disrupt your flow, it affects the environment. <laughs> no, and it's about basically, you know, when we thought about well, international flights, like how can you know little old Evertrek how can we how can we fix that problem yeah, and it's yeah. like well actually we can do a hell of a lot because we send thousands of people every year to these far-flung destinations um anytime you want to introduce any type of you know um green policy into your yeah. into your life your business it costs money unfortunately um so we've yeah. actually thought put our heads to the grindstone and thought to ourselves right there's got to be some innovative ways that we can offset this globally and and and, and make an impact and you know, I we're probably at the you know the beginning of that journey, but I think already we've done some amazing things and implemented some things. And we know it's stuff that you guys care about because we get asked it an awful lot, you know. And also, anytime there's an article on Facebook about all the litter left at base camp, yeah, you see two sides like erupting. You know, one of them is like you've ruined that landscape, and then the other one is people like us who have been there who are like it's not actually that bad. Yeah. But what it tells us is that overall, there's there's this passion, you know, there's yeah. this passion to keep the place clean of litter. There's this passion to help the environment and protect these yeah. places. And we think that we should be able to both protect them and experience them and still provide a benefit. So, um, 
Yeah. Bang on, Dave. I could have <laughs> put it better myself. <laughs> I haven't done it in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, you had some good points there. And, and, and the first one is that, yeah, it is in our DNA. You know, certainly, you know, we're all about one of our big values of Trek is about doing the right thing. And yeah. that's doing the right thing by, you know, obviously helping you guys on trips as well, but also doing the right thing on the by the country. Um, you know, making sure that it's not impacting it in a negative way. Um, you know, which is one thing that we've looked at. I mean, I mean, I go into to what we're doing with regards to the carbon offsetting, um, and also with uh, you know our plastic reduction. Um, but one of the big things is actually looking for more remote adventures as well. Um, you know, so when we're looking at new trips, although they might seem regular, like oh, okay, they're going there, we actually try and look at new ways. Um, one of the the big ones was was when we looked at Machu Picchu. Um, and I know we did the live a couple of weeks ago and we talked a bit more about that was around why we went on a different route. It kind of it sat right with us that we were going on a place that there weren't many people. So you have less of an impact, whereas you don't over tourism is not good for places. You know, although, you know, more people go with us. Great. But it's, it's also we want to we want to kind of try and limit certain amounts if we can on going to places. You know, that's, that's why we have capacity on our trips. Um, you know, that's why we, we, we don't run like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trips um, each season. You know, we, we run a lot, <laughs> you know, like uh, and especially, I, I mean, I suppose one of the downsides with, with, with COVID um, is that uh, unfortunately, you know, there is a bottleneck where all the people that have rescheduled, rescheduled, rescheduled are going to be going within like a 12 to 18 month period. So, you know, we're trying to think, okay, what more can we do then to, to, to minimize the impact? So one of the big ones was, yeah, rem more remote adventures. I think, Dave, when we've been doing research, haven't we, in terms of, okay, if we're going to go to this place, we're always looking at, okay, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to say that loud here, but we're almost finished with it. But Matt Elbrus, which is almost re uh, ready and to go, yeah. we didn't want to just go on, on there, was a, there was a there was a normal classic route. We thought, well, you know, we'd always want to go a different way, uh, you know, the, the, the fun way, um, without it being absolutely freaking crazy. But, yeah, we, we've gone to actually a different area of it. But although eventually you get to the same point because you're on Elbrus, We've yeah. looked at a, a new route or a new area. I'm really excited about that. So it goes into, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, our climate action plan, that was one of the things was when we do run trips, we're looking at to go in a more remote area or at least yeah. a less popular area, right, or less popular yeah. route. And one of the big ones as well is uh, Machu Picchu as well, you know, famed for its, you know, overpopulated yeah. route on the Inca Trail. Um and it's one of those where we, you know, we look at these things, not just from, you know, we always say, the, you know, the reason why we get on every single trip, I'm sure there's going to be a question here. Are you doing this trip? You're doing this trip. You're doing this trip. Yeah. And the answer is always, yes, we are. But it takes time because we have to consider a lot in terms of route, what that is, what the experience is actually like for you guys, but also, you know, what the, what the impact of you going there is like on the area. So if there's another place that we can go to that sort of gets the same, that ticks all those boxes, but also protects, you know, the the trails, protects the country more than it, um, you know, piling people, you know, because sometimes the Inca Trail is like trying to get, you know, what are they, you know, trying to get two pints of lager and a pint glass, you know, it's it where, and mm -hmm. the only thing that happens is that the glass will start to get damaged. So we go the other way and we actually go on the, um, the Tomakea, which is, it's quieter, it's less popular, um, that means there's less people, there's less human impact, and it also means that when there's less people there, that the act of actually managing those people and and in and ensuring that the things that we put in place are are done yeah. is is far more likely. 
Yeah, exactly, Dave. Um, so yeah, that was that was one. The remote adventures is, is a big one. Um, you know, the, the other two biggies really are the carbon offsetting um, and the, um, the plastic reduction. And with the plastic reduction, this was something we did before we um, decided to declare a climate emergency. Um, it was it was something we did in March. 2018 no 2019 i think it was it feels like a long time ago now um but anyway just in terms of uh, using water filters on all of our trips uh in nepal first because nepal was you know it's where we started it's where we where, where the journey began for us and then we started to roll these out on all the trips so you know Kili, and, and this is the thing when we got new trips um you know with, with regards to the rollout we're rolling out those filters on all of the trips that's our aim and our target um, you know, because it, it means that you don't have to buy any any plastic bottles or any any bottles, um, and it's made a difference in Nepal hugely. Yeah. Um, you know, was it six and a half thousand plastic bottles weren't bought in the first season that we operated? So that was spring of 2019 because we had these water filter bottles. Uh, and you know, okay, some people do, uh, you know, especially Gorex yet because there's no running water there, and they buy the plastic bottles. And you know, at the end of the day, you've got to have water you know so you know if you've got to buy it you've got to buy it right yeah. but if we can reduce it as much as we possibly can which we did then you can save sixteen and a half thousand plastic bottles from being used which is is good in our eyes yeah um you know and i was really proud of that and not just that with with the plastic reduction i know there's there's other initiatives which we haven't set up that are in the kumbu region of nepal uh carry me back campaign people can carry um you know a little bit of rubbish down um, all the way down to Lukla. I know a lot of the people, uh, you know, who are on who are on the live today have already done that. You know, great thing to be a part of. Awesome. Um, another something was um, called Sagamartha Next, which is yeah. um, how to educate people around um, and edu educate the locals essentially around using rubbish. So what they would do is they would, um, uh, you know, they would pretty much build some art with rubbish. But also with, with the aim of educating the, the local communities on how to deal with rubbish, recycle them, you know, because it does come down to education, um, educating the locals. But also as well, a big part of our action plan is about edu educating you guys um, and also for us as well, like for us to be educated because we don't know everything. Um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that, uh, you know, kind of say they're going to do stuff because it gets, uh, you know, a thumbs up. But we don't want to be one of those companies. You know, we want to be a, a company that actually does something instead of not just saying it just to get the likes and the shares yeah like we don't want to be that company so for me it's about educating you guys and us to get educated as well so for instance if there's anything that is working um you know for you guys and it's, it's in the, uh, the climate action plan which i will um uh, lauren who's on the comments if you can share the link uh, if you've got bingo this is it as well um yeah if you could share the link mm -hmm. to the climate action that is one plan. Isn't it? yeah that is a bingo go <laughs> i'm just actually i'm just thinking even if she doesn't i'll pop it in um and we can get that link on there so you can have a little bit of a read guys because i don't want to just sort of read out the whole thing just to give you a, an overview but essentially one of them is around education and that's both ways so if there's anything you think that would be valuable for us to get involved in um uh you know and then if there's anything that we think would be good for you guys to get involved in uh, from an educational point of view we'll, we'll let you let you know and if you can if you can do that as well that would be fantastic um and then the last thing, one of the last biggies was the carbon offset. And sorry, Dave, I know I'm I'm plowing through it here. Mate, that's fine. I know there's a lot of questions coming, which is great, and I want to get those answered. Yeah. But the um, uh, is around carbon offsetting, and this is essentially one of the biggies around um, you know why we declared a climate emergency. But for us, it was to reduce carbon emissions by 55 percent 
by 2030. So, you know, it's a biggie. And, you know, that doesn't sound like much, but that's quite a bit. And a big part of that and the first stage is that you've got to work out where you're at. So how do we measure, you know, how do we measure what, you know, how much carbon has been, you know, is, is being used essentially from when we're flying to these destinations, when we're on them, when we return, what are our business operations are like, you know, all the things that encompass in it. So that's where we're at. The moment. We're in the measuring stage at the moment in terms of, yeah. of what, what we're using, because then once, once we know that and we've got, okay, we've got a number here, we know then what we've got to do with, um, you know, our relationship with Mossy Earth. Um, and if there's other companies to do it as well, that what we need to do then to offset that carbon. Um, because I think eventually, um, you know, and you've got to reach certain targets and, and were, every Everest is different, but we want to reach that target by 2030. But imagine if we can get to, you know, 100%. Imagine if we can get to that. How good would that feel? That, that, I think that, that would be the target for us, you know. Um, yeah. I know we've put that in the climate action plan in terms of 55%, but, you know, if we can do it 100, then, then fantastic, right? So awesome. Yeah, that, that that's an overview of the climate action plan, guys. I put the link in the comments. Have a little look. It does stay in there again around anything that you think you want to get involved in. Do drop us an email. Um, you know, I'd love to hear your, your plans and, and anything around that. And essentially, for us, it's just around. You know, we we're not perfect. You know, we we try to do things in our personal lives to to, to change and help the environment. Um, and I've certainly over the years, you know, I I say I'm a lot better now than I used to be. You know, I haven't always been someone that's always thinking about the environment. Just, just maybe my background where I grew up. Yeah, you now stopped shaving, and you stopped shaving to save on water, didn't you? <laughs> I stopped shaving. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it helps. <laughs> but no, um, I think uh, we can all do do something. Um, you know, and and do as much as we can. It's fantastic, and um, you know, without, uh, like I said, without sort of being, it's good to be held accountable. But none of us, none of us are perfect. You know, but if we yeah. can, if we can aim. And do what we can and it's going to help right um you know and for instance on our trip like uh, i'm going to use everest as an example you know when i first went there i think we've said a, a few times about where the glacier is at the kumbu glacier and how you know because of uh, you know it, i mean it naturally the glaciers do do breathe like so they do go up and down but at the moment it's very low yeah you know so even even in the, the five years since um yeah, five years or so since i've been there you know 100 well, meters lower than it used to be is like wow how the hell in such a small period of time so for me it's like wow we need to do something because well, i remember nima um, it's just unbelievable isn't it dave yeah i remember nima my guide on ebc yeah. in um april 9 2019 he said that um because i was asking him about the ice fall and he's been through the ice fall he was actually on everest in 96 during the famous john krakauer into thin air um disasters but oh yeah he was on i asked him yeah. And I mentioned to him just in my experience from, you know, my first trips in sort of 2016 to then, you know, how much I'd noticed that the glacier had like, I mean, if it changes and it's not due to climate, you'd expect it to also get bigger, right? Bigger and smaller, but it doesn't. It just seems to get smaller. And he told me that, you know, those of you that have been to Everest Base Camp will see that the majority of the glacier now looks like the surface of the moon. Um, where all the dark, rockfalls and dust and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. quite dark. And, and that's the vast stretch of it. And then only when you get to base camp and then base camp through the icefall and beyond, is it white? Um, and he said it once was white all the way pretty much down to Gorakshep, you know, and just through um, what happens is you have climate change, which means that the glacier shrinks, the ground gets drier around it, it causes more rock yeah. falls. And then before you know it, you end up with the surface of the moon. Still very beautiful, but not oh, how uh, nature intended it to be. So, um, yeah, it, it is quite um, 
you know, a shame when you think of it that way. And when Quite you're there, tough, you, you're like, you know, in, in that small period of time, how much has changed, Dave? You know? Yeah, it is crazy. And, and, you know, when I was there, you know, I had a little prang and thought to myself, you know, I'm, you know, I'm here and I'm enjoying it. But then I, you know, the, the, the stuff that I have to do to get there, you know, I can, you know, stop shaving and, you know, was it brush my teeth every other week? But, you know, I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not going to be able to do much about the flight. And that has to happen. So then that's yeah. kind of what spurs our feelings around stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's, and, and this is where we, you know, again, we go back to the education point of view around also as well, like we're trying to, um, you know, uh, persuade or encourage uh, our suppliers and, and partners to, to do it as well. Um, you know, and I think it, it comes down to that. Like, it's great that we're doing it, but even even 100 companies is enough. You know, we need to get everyone on board, yeah. um, you know, to, to, to sort this out and, and do what we can. Because we're still going to go on these trips. Um, you know, we're still going to go and go on these adventures and have awesome times, but we can minimise and, and reduce the impact. And that's what we yeah. want to, you know, as well, well as that time. But yeah, we want to. Man, should we, um, should we try tackle and some uh, tackle some tackle some cues? I know. I realise we've been been going on a bit. It's um, it's something that's we're really right. passionate about. So apologies if we're we we, we we carried on a bit there. No, no. Um, but yeah, don't apologise. <laughs> Captain <laughs> Planet, remember <laughs> Captain Planet. Um, Shane Hubbard. So he's uh, emailed in. Um, he was just hey, looking Shane. at our trips on the website. And he was looking at the Patagonia Icefields trek. Is awesome. there an option to add a summit on this? Um, summit or no summit, it looks like an amazing trip. First of all, you're dead right. It is an amazing trip. With regards to summit in there, not really, because when you're heading out to the icefields, although it's an extreme trip, it's not extreme altitude. However, yeah. what I can say is you are in the neighborhood of Aconcagua down there. You know? <laughs> yeah, so good. if you did want to do a, you know, one hell of a summit, you can do that. We also have the Ecuador trips, um, you know, Chimborazo and, um, and Cotopaxi. Um, so, yeah, there is there is, there are options that you can do. You might just have to piggyback trips or do the ice field trips, come back and then go back and, and do a summit. That would be our advice. The only reason yeah. because that trip, although it's not a summit, it is it is more of a an old school expedition where you're going to be manhauling your gear and stuff like that. Um, and you are going out onto the ice plains, which, um, you know, as you would imagine, you know, they're, they're not very peaky, <laughs> you know, but we have to do a lot to get you there. But yeah, it, the views are outstanding. Um, it's still about almost the height of Kathmandu. I say the height of Kathmandu, but Kathmandu is about 1300 metres above sea level. Yeah. Ben um, Nevis. Ben Nevis, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah pretty nuts. But yeah, so it's still the ice fields are still relatively around about the same, aren't they, Dave? I, I, yeah ex exactly yeah so it's not like um you know it's not sea level but it's not um yeah. that trip's extremity is is not extremity is that a word extremity is your legs extremity? Uh, yeah. do you know what Test me now uh leah if you're listening put it on extremity this uh, this um yeah this trip's um uh yeah hardcoreness comes from the fact that um you are doing a sort of manhauling trek on the third largest yeah. ice plane on earth um less so about its overall altitude but like i did say if you know all of you guys are altitude junkies i think if you've got a uh an itch to scratch while you're out there a little short hop over to argentina and um then up a little no mountain a little tiny little thing called aconcagua it's easy up and down <laughs> in the day tiny little thing yeah <laughs> it's, um, yeah it's one of those isn't it because Patagonia, the, the ice fields trip was always one that i say you know, we, we wanted to run it for, for different reasons because we don't want to get away from who we are. And that's, you know, we, we trek and 
climb altitude mountains. You know, that's where that's what we do. But the the ice fields was one because it was in an area that was very remote. So again, we go back to what we talked about remote adventures. Um, you know, it was very um, epic in terms of you know the experience of it, and you're traveling through a landscape, which is in essence what we do on all of our trips really you know we're traveling yeah. through an awesome landscape surrounded by beautiful mountains um you know i, I, I think uh shown has put on there you know you see uh you know mount fitzroy uh you know the the other peaks in there um you know in that region and there are mountains of course because you're surrounded by them there's none that we do at this moment in time yeah I mean, well, the technical if you've been here since the beginning of time of evertrek and where we are now you know that we you know we we, we like new trips <laughs> and we're always looking at new trips but um you know we want to we, we can't wait to start running these um yeah. and then once we can get out and test more um then we can we can certainly start to grow our um you know our sort of ecosystem of um of trips if you like yeah. but for now yeah it's an awesome trip already mate and uh, yeah hope that hope that answers your question but yeah nice day what else yeah. we got um have a quick look here just reading through some of the comments now julie down how's the knee question? yeah Thank you very much, Julie. Yeah. The knee is um, doing remarkably well, to be honest, remarkably well. So I had an ACL uh, graft, ACL reconstruction surgery using a graft for my um, hamstring. Yeah. And they also, there's an extra hole in my leg. Um, there's only supposed to be three, Randomly. but there's four. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if you can see my knee from here, but that's my knee. So what are those drawings, Oh, yeah. My, my niece came over. <laughs> that's where they took the hamstring graft from yeah and then i've got one two three four holes in my leg they got that pigeon um, right in the eyeball didn't they they did get a pigeon right in the eyeball mate yeah they did get him wow. right in the eyeball but that's a that's a <laughs> that, that's a sneak preview of what of why people get called the painted yeti you know so <laughs> um but yeah so no it's, do, it's doing really well to be honest had my first physio post-op yesterday um the pain has been I'll be honest, easier, you know, touch wood is, um, you know, they gave me some, um, you know, like regular painkillers and then they gave me uh, morphine, like liquid morphine to drink. And that made me nervous because I had a nerve block in my leg. So after the op, I couldn't feel anything. I could walk and move it, but I couldn't feel anything. And they get, then yeah. they gave me morphine and they said, that's for when the nerve block wears off. And I was like, okay, so I'm sitting there at home now, just like waiting for this car crash to happen. And um, I woke up the next day and it was fine. Woke up the day after that and it was fine. And I've been moving around on my crutches since it happened. So, um, yeah, that's 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 the update on the knee. Um, well, Dave, you got, I know uh, we talked about this a little bit before that you're going to be sharing some videos around um, um, sort of how it's gone with the group. Yeah, yeah. So I remember when I first did it, I promised myself that I would do like a video diary. And um, Andy's holding me to account here because generally I make, these, <laughs> I make I make quite a few videos on my phone that I think are like quite funny, and then I just show them to Andy, and he's like, share them, share them, share them, and I never and I never do, but uh, he wants me to share these ones because you know, hopefully maybe you guys, I mean, mine is specific to ACL recovery, but on the broader scheme, knee injury, broader scheme than that, injury, you know, broader than that again, it's, you know, it's 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 all come back to the mindset stuff because. Literally yeah. before we were going live, I said to Andy that I never thought about mindset before I really met Andy. I only ever considered the physicality of doing something um, and never really the effect on the mind. And that was perhaps because I was a little bit gung ho when I was younger. Yeah. But actually now this more and more, I think about the mindset of things and I've never turned back from a summit and I've, 
I've achieved my goals and I think that might be why. I mean, I will come back one day, that'll, that'll happen. But um, the knee, I said, imagine if you lived in a world where there was no anxiety, no stress, no mental health problems, and all I had to do was fix my knee. Easy, right? You know, so the bigger part of the problem is all that stuff I just mentioned. So I'm working yeah. on it and um, yeah, it's fine. I'm in a good mood actually. I mean, yesterday I had a really good physio report, you know, so my first physio post-surgery and I don't know if he used the word remarkable or whether I thought it, but um, <laughs> I'm going with it. But um, yeah, awesome. And Kim, man, did you record the surgery? Sadly, no, I was gonzo, the um, general for me. <laughs> um, that would yeah. have been great though, wouldn't it? Although, you know, maybe uh, I'd set up another group for that, you know, operations. I've got some, I've, they did print off pictures because <laughs> they've got the film. Really? They printed off all the pictures yeah, and you can see one part of my, a tear. So you see what a tear looks like. Um, so I think that's they, and then you see the fresh graft and stuff like that. It's all very nice. It looks like a bowl of plain chicken ramen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's what it looks like. Never going to look at that again. Wagamamas. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but mate, it's yeah, it's great to, you know, I know you talk about the mental side of it. Then it's great. I know I've, I know it's been tough, and it's been a little bit like you've been in purgatory, isn't it, before the operation, and now you're on the road, and now he has gone. <laughs> that's typical isn't it he's uh as he was talking about he disappeared what is it the last few weeks we seem to be having technical difficulties right as we're continuing i'm gonna be continuing the live whilst we try and get dave back on um here he is here he is he is coming on in here he is finally dave what happened easy very easy go mate <laughs> um wow it, 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 isn't it? We're getting we're getting a lot of gremlins, aren't we? The last sort of month or so. Yeah, I I don't know why though. It's really weird. Ah, it's probably just the internet dropped off, mate. But yeah, no, all yeah. good. It's all What's good. really annoying now is I can hear myself in my own ear. <laughs> we'll sort the audio out. I will try and answer some questions. Um, just guys, can you just confirm if you we're all still here? By the way, I know I can see it's still all good. Can you just give me a thumbs up or a comment just to let me know that we're all here, um, and that you can hear me and Dave. That would be really valuable let us know um I, I have the comments have kind of frozen for me so i just want to check um and hopefully we are still here we'll crack on with some more questions i'm just waiting in okay good i got text from lauren i think we're all good um <laughs> yeah there's no uh sorry sorry leah there's no Bunde bundaberg here mate um although i would love some bundaberg it is fantastic you drink it all the time we think we're going to okay. Dave, can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you. It's quite um, echoing my ear, but that's only a problem for me. So I'll put up with that. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we'll, we'll crack on then. Um, right. So Ramona has asked, how does Evertrek offset carbon from our flights? So, yeah, it's a good, um, good question. We're in the measuring stage at the moment in terms of how much that carbon is. Um, you know, there's, there's some tools out there. Mafia, um, I've got some calculators and things like that, but we want to, we want a whole sort of journey template. And once we know that, then we'll be able to say, okay, this is what we need to do. So yeah, we'll, we'll let everyone know when that's the case. Um, you know, it's not not far away to be honest, but also as well as our, it's our operations in the UK, you know, like driving to work and all the things that happen when we're in work, um, all the stuff. So yeah, it's um, uh, that's what we're doing with the carbon. Ramona's also show us the beer kegs. Um, there's uh, I suppose I can give you a quick little 
overview. I don't know if you can see down there. It's looking very tidy. Um, although I won't show you that way. We I got um, there's some beer over there, but uh, yeah, I got a couple of kegs that way. Yeah. Um, Heather's asked a good question, Dave. Um, I was looking at booking the Chitwan add-on. Um, and read about some distressing reviews, uh, obviously in the area around the elephants there. The only first-hand experience, and I suppose I'll, I'll take this one, Dave, because I've, I've I've kind of had I've, it was awesome to go there. But yeah, you do. I didn't choose to do anything to do with the elephants myself personally because I've always been kind of I've never really done that. Um, years ago, my backpacking days I've done, but again, I go back to the education and I've seen some bad stuff, and I'm like, yeah, not getting involved with that. Um, so with regards to the safari on an elephant and stuff like that, we don't do that. Um, but there are um, some, um, there's an elephant sanctuary there that you can go to and, and that's fine. Like they do sort of look after the, um, uh, they do look after the elephants there. But the um, there is a little bit more information because I've seen a few people come in here mentioning they've been there already about the, um, it's it's not it's not bad there. I mean, I say we're not bad, there's, there's a lot of places in Asia, unfortunately, where elephants don't get treated great. No. And, you know, and if you've been around our community about, again, about doing the right thing, yeah, it's not something we'd be comfortable with. We wouldn't want you guys to go there and, uh, you know, after a, a, a wonderful trip, go into a space camp and then go into somewhere where you're seeing these these guys suffer. So, yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be like that on our trips, promise you that. Um, you know, and if there is, you let us know because, yeah, we, we want to make sure that's all good. Exactly. But yeah, so with Man, uh, there is more information. If you go into, if you want to add that on, by the way, um, we've made a, a few changes to kind of you know, your members area. There's a place now that's called, I think it's Enhance Your Trip, little tab in the members area. We are making some further updates. Um, but yeah, you'll be able to see a bit more about Chitwan uh, National Park if you want to add that on if you're in the port. All right. Um, yeah, and I'll drop us an email and we can we can sort that out for you. Yeah, awesome. Um, I was going to say as well, like our our guy <coughs> there, Anoush, has really good connections down there with Chitwan. He visits there, and um, he has a great love and respect for uh, you know all animals, especially elephants. Obviously, they are a sacred animal. Um, and yeah, we just say like try and be as compassionate as you can to every animal you see on the trip. Um, you know, from stray dogs to elephants. Um, but Chitwan itself is absolutely stunning. And like Andy said, the sanctuary there is 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 a truly amazing place. One thing I'm curious of, um, Kim Lawley, what what's the name of the B and B? I've always wanted to go and stay in Oban as part of like a whiskey tour. Um, okay. So yeah, if you wouldn't mind commenting the name of that B and B, um, I'll check it out. Jerome is on the live, and Jerome, uh, are we talking about the Chitwa National Park? Yes, we are, my friend. We're talking about Chitwa. Uh, we uh, just uh, someone asked a question around that. We thought. Um, we drop in uh, Arden Lodge, Dave. Arden Lodge, nice, nice. Um, two seconds. <laughs> I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a note of that. So, <laughs> um, having a quick look now. So, why yeah, yeah. did Charlotte Alice has said? Why did you choose the route up Kilimanjaro? Um, Very once again, we with Kilimanjaro, it's a long way away, and there's a tendency for people to want to go there and get it done as quickly as possible. And that's not at the core of our trips. Our trips, are des we want to be an experience, an adventure. And the longer you spend the experience in the place, the better, the more adventure and the more you get out. So we knew we were going to do a longer trip. That's just one factor. The other factor is the success rates. So Kilimanjaro is not an easy summit to reach. If you do the what they call the Coca-Cola route, 
that's five days, maybe four. And that's, that that's too much. Yeah, I think pretty much 50% of everyone that attempts that route will fail. And 50% of the 50% that make it um, don't feel great. So going the longer route, the Lamosho route, not only do you get to start off, spend more time in the lowlands with the jungle, the, the monkeys and all that stuff, um, each day you gradually gain an altitude. So the success rate, I mean, our success rate so far on Killy, we haven't sent a huge amount, but um, 100%, percent <laughs> It is. Yeah. <laughs> it, we, it, we certainly would have a lot more numbers than one for our friend COVID, but uh, yeah, uh, certainly going to be going to be taking more people out there very soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, right. I'm just waiting. Signals okay. Uh, Aspen, Dave. Aspen, not Arden. Aspen Lodge. Aspen Lodge. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> um, right. Next question. Would you consider running a trip to Mount Kenya? Uh, that was from Andy Ashford. Yeah. Cheers, Andy. Um, yeah, you know what we have we have discussed this internally. It's because um, obviously it's not a million miles away from Tanzania, is it? Um, we're certainly looking at it. It's not something we've got an itinerary for at this stage, and I want to, you know, want to do a bit more research out of it, get over there, have a little look. Fortunately, it's on the red list at the moment. Yeah. Um, which uh, you know from the from the guys from the UK. So yeah, not great uh, in terms of you know really allowed out there. So yeah. Um, um, as soon as we can get out there and, and, and see and, and find a, a route up there that's kind of in line with our normal trips, you know, so kind of going the long way, more remote, um, you know, we'd like to, I'd like to look at that 100%. Um, and again, you know, uh, if you community a while, you know that we like doing new trips. I mean, no, Mount Kenya is popular. Um, you know, if we, I mean, just off the, off the top of my head now, I think how awesome would a doing Kili, being acclimatized and hop over to, to do Mount Kenya at the, Similar time, yeah, that'd be awesome. Exactly. Um, um, you know, yeah. Sophie Draycott has dropped in a yeah. message saying, "Myself, my sister, and my partner are booked for Killy 2023, hoping to save up and do a safari after the trek." Do we know of any companies that have the same environmental values as you do? Well, actually, we do. There's a company called Evertrek that do trips to the summit of Killy <laughs> and safaris. Um, but yeah, so if you wanted to do a safari, drop us an email um they are there on the website i believe on the enhance your trip section as well yes. um but yeah if you wanted to drop us an email to learn more about it talk more about it yeah just do that and we can we can hook that up for you yeah it's, it's something that you know we because these are add-ons i mean essentially you know we are we are a trekking company but you know while you're out there we, we've also know that there's you know i've, I've done this area in, in tanzania a couple of times and it's fantastic, Dave. I know we, we did a couple of days together. It's it's, it's a great experience, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, great. Yeah, you're out there, you've got an extra day or two. Why not? It's brilliant. Make it a have a little bit of a chill time, um, seeing some of the yeah. beautiful animals out there. It's amazing. It was amazing. It's a great way to see Tanzania because you have to do quite a bit of driving outside of the parks. Yeah, um, which is fascinating because we stopped off at a Maasai village. Yeah, that was that was an island, like, right? Yeah, yeah, local shops where. Um, I was looking for maybe a £10 souvenir and someone said, um, I didn't know about this at the time. And he said, oh, do you want to buy some tanzanite? And I was like, yeah, I'll buy some tanzanite. <laughs> I pulled out this like lovely stone and I was like, oh, how much is that? And he was like, $3,000. And I was like, going to go back to the wooden elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, someone's asked, is that a stolen black piece marker? Um, no, no, they're custom made. They're um they all are the uh, they have a place 
and the, the, the number is the year. They are peace markers. Is the year I went um, just on some of my ski holidays. Yeah, well, you um, got a bit of peace over there, I think, didn't you? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to keep hydrated on the slope. It's very important. <laughs> yeah. to especially because you're at altitude when you're skiing as well. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they're not stolen. Um, they're 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 mine. They're um, some custom ones. Yeah, yeah. Just for, for my my skiing days. I uh, can't wait to get back to the mountains to do some skiing either as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Paul Willis has asked, and do we know when the winter skills course dates will be available for Highland and Snowden? And Snowden, yeah, good question, actually. Because, Dave, I know the, the last catch-up we've had around around that, isn't it? We, we're working on some dates, so it's, it's not far away. Um, we, we've kind of prioritised doing the, the, the summer and the autumn ones because we've got the training weekends and also we've got the Snowdonia Explorer um, because that's been the ones that have accommodation available. So due to the restrictions a lot of a lot of places have been booking up quite fast um you know and with us because we, we don't normally run too many trips in the uk we do our training weekends but all the other trips that we run um you know linked to uh, one of our partners uh, up in uh, snowdonia uh, aim higher um they're kind of restricted in terms of what they can book so we've got uh, sort of one date for the snowdonia explorer and you know i suppose while we're talking about it um, but if you are interested in that, we've only got a few more spaces left. So it'd be great if you want to go on that. Um, I think, Lauren, if you could put the link to that trip. Um, you know, we've got a few people on there. It's going to be great. It's only a maximum of eight people. So it's quite a small trip on this one. And, you know, we want to, in the UK especially, because there's quite a lot of restrictions still. Um, yeah, and, and especially in Wales. I know it's different all around the UK at the moment. Um, you know, we, we have to obviously keep trips quite low in the UK. So yeah, Lawrence put it on there. So if you guys are interested and you're keen to, um, you know, have an awesome few days in North Wales, uh, you know, seeing some of my, my favorite areas, really, um, you know, you've got the Glidderai, you've got the Carnady range, um, a lot quieter than, than, than Snowdon itself. Um, yeah, you'll have an awesome time. And Steve and his team are fantastic. We yeah, did our absolutely great. Over the last few years. Um, he's an ex-Marine, highly experienced. Uh, you know, always taking people up in uh, in Snowden. Fantastic. But yeah, just to sort of go back to your question, um, won't be long and we'll be putting out dates. Uh, and we'll obviously communicate that to the community and, and yeah, be great to see people getting booked in on those. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I have an interesting question here up. from where was it? Julie Dallow. Uh, how does acclimatation yes. work with the four-day Tupgal trip? Isn't that a bit fast? Mm. Um, not for Tupgal. It is. <laughs> um so Tupacal like, ordinarily if we were getting to what's Tupacal four one six, I think. Something yeah, like yeah, four thousand one hundred and sixty seven meters, I believe. I'll check now. Um but if you were going to that altitude that fast and staying there for any length of time, yes, it would be too fast. But yeah. we don't that's the highest point that we reach. We're only there for a short time and then we reduce our altitude really fast all within the same day. Um so is it tough? 100% is tough, yeah. um, but it's not um, dangerous in terms of altitude. Um, the longer Tupacal trek basically just takes a scenic route to the summit. Yeah. So you get to spend more time in the Imlil Valley, more time in the, um, you know, the region, in the Atlas Mountains. The other one is like Express. But um, I'll just have a look at what the refuge is. Oh, the refuge is, I think it's, what was it, like three, three, two, yeah, three, four, three, Pretty much almost a Ben Nevis climb in one day because the thing is, even though you're at four one, um, you drive to a place called Imlil, uh, which is just over two thousand, about two thousand meters. 
Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you're not at altitude for a significant time. So altitude doesn't come into it as much as, say, you know, if you're on in a mountain for 11 days or like Killy, if you're on the mountain for like eight days. Um, so that's where it has less of an impact because, yeah, you're right. It, it does seem quick. Um, and it's I suppose that's what one of the things that makes it so great is that it's not far away. So sort of three and a half hours away, um, then you can go into 4100 meters within four days it and you're down really quickly yeah. so the um, refuge yeah, is um, mm. 3207 nice yeah, Sorry, yeah and i think my audio is a little bit delayed because i think i wait for a gap and then i don't know if i'm cutting you off so i apologize <laughs> yeah. but it's 3207 so which when you think that that you get to namshi on day two of the ebc trip yeah and uh, namshi is 200 meters higher it, it's all it's, it's all relative it just seems like it's more extreme because of the short length of time. But yeah. it's okay to go to altitude quickly, register it, and come back down. It's how we acclimatize. Um, so, yeah, you can go up to 4,000 meters. I mean, I was at Ferice. Remember, which is, what, 4,400, something like that, Ferice? Uh, um, 4,1, I think it is, yeah, 4,100 meters. So pretty much Tupcal's altitude. And there were some people doing a helicopter tour of Everest Base Camp and stopping at Kalapata. But the helicopter needed to be used to evacuate people. So the helicopter lands and these two tourists in like jeans and trainers and a T-shirt, like just walk off the helicopter. And um, we're there like tracking, having like, <gasps> and I said to them, how do you feel? Are you all right? And they were like, yeah, fine. Why shouldn't I be? I was like, no, no, I was just wondering. <laughs> but um. But yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, didn't want you, you know, if you're here overnight, you're gonna need you're gonna need the most. But yeah, you can. Um, it's perfectly safe to get to that altitude, hang around for a bit, oh, and come oh, back oh, down. We actually, sorry, Dave. Yeah. So it's, it's still, I mean, higher than Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Sorry, Dave. That's all right, mate. I'll, uh, so I'll, have, I'll crack on. Uh, Lord, uh, Lord Ashley James, do we add on trips to the Sahara? With Tupacal, yes. Um, we, well, I suppose what I should say is we can. I don't know if we've written them up and put them on the website yet. yet. Um, but it is on the list of priorities to get done. Again, what I always say to anyone is if there is something you want to do in the country, you know, to enhance your trip, then drop us an email first because our teams over there are almost capable of everything that you can want to do yeah so even if it's not something that we we've got on the shelves out in the front of the shop we might have that trip sitting out back so do ask us yeah and i think um jamal who's our um sort of operations manager in in morocco um you know and i've been over there myself and and, and seen some of the bits outside of the trekking um, you know, there's a lot that there's a lot that you're able to do. We haven't really added them as as add-ons yet, um, sort of to book directly. I mean, like like Dave said, if you want to do it, we can we can facilitate it, and, and, and obviously you can do some of the add-ons if you want to go into the Sahara. It's not it's not far away to be honest. Um, you know, and they can do some camping in the Sahara. It's something that um, will certainly be available as an add-on. Uh, you know, to, to book on the website very soon. But it's um, you know, if you want to do it, then yeah, we can do that for you, James. Um, if you fancy it, it's it's the same as all of our add-ons. You know, they're not date-related. You can have them on to the end or the end of your trip. Um, always good at the end, isn't it, after you've done what you need to do? Yeah. Um, and then you can chill out. But uh, it's plenty to do in Marrakesh as well, uh, especially if you're on the eighth day. 
because you have a couple of nights in Marrakesh. Um, was the four day is is kind of up and down, and then you're off. But great if you know you, you try and maximize the annual leave. You know, book a Friday off, book a Monday off, and you could fly over, nail Tupcal, and then you'd be back in work on on kind of Tuesday. Yeah. So James has also yeah. asked, would we ever consider doing a a distance track like the PCT? Is that the um the crest? The crest trail, though. Yeah, so that's the one that goes through California. Long, so yeah. I do suspect there's a member of our team that would be really, really happy to to, to run it. Yeah. Um, Ali herself being a native of California. So um, <laughs> who knows, mate? Who knows? We'll um, I'll put it on the I'll put it on the list and we'll have a look into it. Yeah, it's that, that's a long one. That's a long yeah, I know it's, it's multiple multiple days. I mean, <laughs> I say multiple days. It might be multiple weeks, right? Because I know it's pretty much the whole length of California yeah um, it's i mean a lot of people do what they call through hiking so um you know you obviously you hike they, because you're hiking through uh, a place um but it can take and they do sort of parts to it so um it's interesting actually because we i mean we haven't got any trips um in the states at, at this time um it's something we've certainly be looking at in the future again i mean you know world domination from a trekking point right <laughs> yeah. uh, certainly uh, i'd love to do it over there because it's, it's, the scenery is amazing um certainly want to do some remote stuff it'd be great to do some stuff in alaska um but it's on the on the to-do list at the moment yeah we've got we want to get back to, to running our normal trips first um but yeah certainly a great idea though i, I keep these ideas coming guys i i think um uh, some of the biggies that we've got and dave i know we've um obviously we've, we've recently launched the obviously the ecuador trip uh you know we got the um patagonia rice fields obviously elbrus isn't a mile away and also a real big one I know you're really keen on is, is K2 Base Camp in Pakistan. Yeah. I mean, these are the ones we want to kind of, uh, because we know that they're really popular and uh, people want to get on them. So we're, we're kind of prioritizing them before we start doing all these uh, these other places. But yeah, no, certainly I, there's so many places around the world to go to. Yeah, isn't exactly. it? uh, I would say K2 Base Camp's pretty high on the list. Pretty um, high. I'm going to want to... <laughs> I'm gonna like. I'll be honest. If there wasn't so many people screaming Albras, <laughs> then um, maybe that would already be there. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it's exciting. I can't wait to get back there, doing all yeah. of these trips. Um, well, I'm gonna take us some more questions. Um, Diane, Diane, great to see you on as always. Um, yeah, great. And thanks so much for for smashing the the strides for guides. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, you've been fantastic doing. I think you've done over 200 kilometers now, which is fantastic. Um, you know, there's been some money raised, which has been great. And don't forget to, to share um, the, the fundraising link um, if you are uh, involved in Strides for Guides. Um, I think we're over a thousand pounds now raised, but obviously, that as much as we can do is, is great. Um, you know, as always, we're, we're trying, to, trying to raise as much as we can, but you kind of realize, okay, we wanted to get to a bigger target and we haven't quite reached there yet. So, if you know, if, you, if anyone can. Um, share that and get some donations then you know it will make a huge difference but look you know it's great to see everyone get involved in that um you know i think we've had about 90 people in the end actually get involved in the strides to the guys which is great and it's got people out and about and you know which i know you guys are into anyway um, doing some training and yeah i hope you've enjoyed it but diane right your question tell me more about carrying your own equipment for the patagonia rice fields um how much weight is it doable for uh, most of us mere mortals um, for you, Diane, yes, definitely. <laughs> no, when it comes to the Patagonia ice fields, you know, we, you have to be realistic. It is difficult. It is challenging. And, you know, I would say it's probably good to have experience of, of maybe uh, 
actually carrying your own gear and going on a trip. But that being said, it's like any of our trips. You know, you, you, we've had people who turn up and just do it because they just like, okay, I'm going to do it. It's it's a goal of mine, and I want to, I want to do it. But yeah, when you're carrying gear, be about 15 kgs. So you know, imagine that on your back. Um, there will be some support, but on the remote time, which is like three or four days, you will be carrying your own gear. Um, you know, there will be support from the guides and the assistant guides, um, but it's quite limited because of where you are. But you know, about 15 kgs is essentially what you'd be carrying. Um, you know, and like you know, if if you can do light and fast, which is always good, but you know, I'm, for me, I like carrying decent amount of gear. Dave, I know you always carried lighter sort of uh, bags to me. Generally um, speaking, yeah. <laughs> most times. But, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly doable for me immortals. Don't think you have to be, um, you know, have to have done, like, dozens of expeditions already. It's something that you can um, that you can do, certainly. Uh, and, you know, if you want to chat a bit, bit more detail, Diana, just drop us a message, as always. I know that you've booked on quite a few trips. Um, you know, we want to get you on those soon, um, you know, as soon as we can. Um, so you can get a feel for the altitude and feel for the journeys. But knowing you, Diane, you'll be, you'll be great. It's, uh, I think on all of our trips, like I said, don't think you need to be an athlete or a triathlete or you have to be out every day. Like it's, yeah. it's all about this. If you want to go, it's an adventure. If you want an adventure, then great. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Exactly. Um, Jerome has asked, um, with Patagonia, what protocols do we have if it all goes badly wrong? Well, we just feed you to the leopard seals and um, give back to the environment. But um, no, it, to be honest, it's, it's the same with all of our trips. So all of our guides over there, I believe they're equipped with sat phones on that yep. trip. Um, so they're in constant emergency communication back with our teams. Um, and yeah, helicopter evac, it's the same, it's the same that we do. So. Um, if there is like a with, with that, it's not going to be altitude related. It'll most likely be an injury. Yeah. Um, worst case scenario, like a broken leg or something like that. And if that's the case, um, a telephone call is made and a helicopter is dispatched. Job done. Nice, Dave. Nice. Yeah, it is. It is one of those, isn't it? That you're in a remote region. This is probably one of our first that's really off the beaten track you know yeah um so yeah i'm speaking to the guys over there you know they're they've been doing this for a while now uh you know they've got the sat phones and if things need to go wrong you know these are the sat phones that you would for instance be using on everest um you know so they're, they're very very good uh, yeah, very, yeah. very good uh, but as dave said it's, it's more to do with injuries and things like that so it's very very unlikely um that something would, would go wrong but as we know this is adventure travel right so you know we have to be prepared for that yeah um, exactly and uh, those things are in in place uh, in case that happens things can't go badly wrong you're not on an adventure you know you're you're on um... managed danger dave as we like to talk isn't it yeah exactly yeah and uh... um right right just just want to make sure that we're um there's one thing actually i wanted to discuss before we, we have any more questions dave because um our partners are water to go um and again we, we go back to what we were talking about at the beginning is trying to educate our partners um, around uh, declaring a climate emergency. Uh, and I know they've done a lot for the environment and a lot for sustainability, especially <clears throat> uh, because they make these babies, which is the water to go bottles. So you've got water yeah. to go on the back and you have a track there. So these are our ones and you've probably seen these on the live or around the community. Uh, but anyway, water to go are running a little competition themselves. So um, uh, very nice of them. They have 12 of these that they're giving away um i'll put the link in the comments here but you can enter to get yourself into try and get one of those for free 
Um, so guys, I highly recommend you enter this. Uh, I say it's a water to go around in it, but I'll put the link in. Um, now that will take you to an article and I've wrote about, I think I've, five of my favorite trips in the UK. It's a bit of a guest article for water to go on their site. But if you go on there, you can actually register for that, that competition. Um, and then you can win one of these, which is great. And it'd be great if you can. I mean, there's 12. So, yeah, get yourself in, guys. I know it's a high chance you, you'll have one of these um, uh, for free. And obviously, if not, drop us a message and you can you can grab one of, your, one of those as well. Um, and Dave has decided to go. <laughs> wow, this has been brilliant. At least, at least my internet's been stable. I think Dave's um, having some internet issues today. So apologies, guys. But I will be able to bring him in in a second dave is three two and one he's back are we live, are we live yet <laughs> wow i can hear you um right dave I, we've answered quite a bit of questions today have you got any others you want to cover off uh Leah, before we there are no sand flies on <laughs> yeah they're, they're really horrible brilliant um, well, right, guys. Look, it's been it's been great. Um, I know we've answered loads of questions. I hope that that, that we did a little bit around um, you know the action plan. Have a little look at it. As we said before, it's all around education, and that's both ways. You know, if there's anything you think that would be cool for Evertrek get involved in, anything you think that um, you know might help the cause, anything at all, drop uh, drop us a message. Um, and as well as that, we hope you've answered you know, your questions today. If his if 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 his questions are still burning. Um, that we haven't answered yet just drop us a message info at evertrek.co.uk and then we can um, we can obviously reply and ping that back to you but yeah Dave uh, we've got you back for the end <laughs> dodgy internet mate isn't it mate it's um, I, I'm going back to the office ASAFP <laughs> yeah stands for feasibly <laughs> I can hear two of you now it's, it's really uh, I can hear five yeah. of me Sorry, that, really? that's when I'm off the live. That that's just constant. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, all right, guys. Well, look, have fun. Have a great week. Um, keep going. To keep doing the strides for guides. Keep sharing the uh, the GoFundMe link. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in? But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now if uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes try to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye <laughs>